We are in our second week of our topic, Restoring the Breaches. Amen? And, and let me tell you, I've had some fun really studying and really... But let me tell you, this topic, it's about some real things. This topic is a, dealing with some real issues. Real life issues that, guess what? People in general don't want to deal with. And so we're going to be in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2. We're going to begin reading at verse 17. And before we start reading, let me just tell you what's going on here in the book of Nehemiah. Israel was returning from exile to Jerusalem, and God was restoring the relationship that they needed to have with him. And he was, he was restoring worship back into the nation. And he was restoring the city because the city was in ruin. And the gates in the city were missing. And the walls were broken down. And God laid in Nehemiah's heart to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls and reestablish the city. And so in Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 17 it says this. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies in waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. Verse 18 says this, it says, and I told them of the, of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise and build. Then they set their hands to this work, to this good work. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for your presence, for being in this place, Lord. I thank you that you're challenging, calling your people to restore the breaches that we face. Father, I pray that you may hide me behind your cross, use me to convey this message in the most simplest way I can. Father, open our hearts that we may receive exactly what you have for us. We bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. The people of Jerusalem was in distress. And I truly believe that God is using a natural example in the Bible to address a spiritual condition, a spiritual condition within our lives. Amen? I truly believe just as the people of Israel was in distress, that we are in distress. That our homes are in distress. That our families are in distress. Our, our children and even our churches are in distress. And we cannot continue to live in distress and continue to live with the breaches that are in our lives. See, when I talk about breaches, I'm talking about repairing and restoring broken places in our lives. Restoring and repairing broken places in our character, in our conduct, and our commitment to the faith. Amen? Watch this. When I talk about breaches, I'm talking about areas of repeated failure. Areas where we get to, and every time we get there, for some reason, we always fail. And we always fall short. All of us have areas in our lives that we prone to repeat a failure. 
areas of struggle where we struggle over and over and over again. See, now, let me just tell you, now is the time to repair those breaches. Now is the time to restore those broken places. Church, when I talk about breaches, I'm talking about places where we give place to the devil to come in and discredit us. In other words, we give the devil an opportunity or an adversary to find his way to help us fall. Not only that, but I want, you, I want you to understand that God is calling us to restore and repair those places of neglect. Areas in your life where you have just neglected. Areas in your heart that you have just neglected. Areas in your health, in your finances. Listen, areas in your mind that you have neglected. Bad way of thinking. Bad ways of making decisions and poor attitudes. See, we've just neglected those things. Beliefs that don't line up with the word of God. Just because your parent or your daddy and your mama told you that it was so, you think that it's something that is biblical and it doesn't line up with God's word. We have to repair those types of breaches in our lives. See, those are breaches in our lives. We, we, we have hurts in our lives and where we've been hurt and we've neglected those things. And because of those hurts, now we build up this wall that we won't allow somebody in because we won't want to get hurt again. See, unforgiveness is a breach. I can't believe they did that to me. He was my family member. He was my mom, my dad. Unforgiveness is a breach that the enemy will allow you to live with. But if you have unforgiveness in your heart, you will never grow to where God wants you to be. Amen? Not only that, but listen, bitterness is a breach. You're just bitter, holding on to things that God has already freed you from. Amen? Things that are buried inside of your heart. Listen, it's time to deal and face and repair and restore those areas in your life. Amen? I told you I, I, I'm, I'm going to speak some real stuff. But these things that we need, this is the things that we need in order for us to grow and move forward. Amen? If we're going to have 2021 and we're, we're going to press forward, we're going to have to deal with some of these issues. Amen? We have to repair and rebuild the gaps in our lives. Now, what are gaps? Gaps are areas that we have chosen not to learn. Areas that we have chosen not to try. Areas that we have chosen not to grow. You know what? God created me this way. It's like my wife was saying this morning. I'm, I, I've been like this too long. Well, that's a lie. Right, right. God didn't call you to be that way. Right. You're that way because you don't want to grow and you don't want to change. And because of that, you are still in the same spot you are today than you were 10 years ago. And God is just telling you, in order for you to get to where I want you to be, you have to deal with these situations. Amen. We're talking about repairing and rebuilding those areas where we are an ineffective witness. Areas where areas where we are unprepared. Watch this. If you don't get prepared, guess what? You won't be ready. 
Let me say that again. If you don't get prepared, you won't be ready. What do I mean? Watch this. If you are a single woman, if you are a single man, if you don't get prepared for marriage, when the right person comes along, you won't be ready. Because you, you've neglected some of the areas in your life that you needed to deal with, and now an opportunity came and you wasn't prepared and you wasn't ready for that opportunity. Not only that, but finances. God has spoken to us. I remember one time we was, the, the, a lady came up to us and said, listen, I feel the Lord wants, wants to bless you with this house. And me and my wife went to look at it, fell in love with this house. And for years, God was telling me and my wife, get your credit right. Get your finances right. I'm about to do something, and you need to be ready. And when the opportunity came, wasn't ready. Wasn't ready. And so we have to deal with those places. God wants us to be prepared. Amen? If you're not prepared, you're not what? Ready. ready. Amen? That's why, listen, some people not getting prepared for retirement. But just let me tell you something. Retirement is coming. Whether you like it or not, at one day you will face a time in where you will grow old and retirement will be knocking on your door. And depending on how you prepare yourself for it, depending whether you'll be ready for it or not. I told you I was coming to tell you some good things. There's some serious things, but not only that, but watch this. Watch this. The intent for this message or this series is for us to strengthen those areas where we are vulnerable. And by the way, I might not finish the message, and it's okay. We're going to take our time. Amen? Amen. You just got to come next week. <laughs> you got to listen next week. The intent for this message is for us to strengthen those areas that we are vulnerable. The purpose for this message is to motivate us to do the work. I want to motivate you. I know it's not easy work, because if it was easy, it would have been done already. I know it's hard, but I want to motivate you to do the work. Amen? The goal is simple. It's for us to rise and build. God wants us to rise and build, right? And we are dealing with seven objectives. Last week, we dealt with understanding the origin of the breaches. Understanding the origin of the breaches. Today we're, 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 we're going to deal with the necessity of restoration. There is a necessity to be restored. Amen? Third, we're going to be dealing with how to develop a mind to work. Because you, if you don't have the mind to work, you won't do the work. Right? Fourthly, we're going to deal with the cause of restoration. Just understand something. Restoration is going to cost you something. But watch this. If you don't work to get restored, it's still going to cost you something. Huh? Watch this. I got a faucet in my house that it continues to leak. And my wife has a little bucket down in there catching the little drops. But eventually, that little bucket gets full. And it overflows. And it creates more problems because now my sink cabinet is getting rotted out. 
And then it gets to the bottom of the floor, and now I got floor issues, and then it creates a big problem. So one little problem creates another problem that creates another problem. So if you don't deal with the cost, I just got to pay somebody to fix the faucet, right? It's going to cost me to pay somebody one way, or it's going to cost me to pay somebody if I neglect it. So it's going to cost you something no matter what. You just got to pick which one you want to pay for. And me, I'd rather just pay a plumber, baby, hold me accountable to that. <laughs> Number five, we want to deal with how to restore the breaches, right? We want to deal with how to restore the breaches. Six, we want to deal with how to overcome the opposition. Because let me tell you, every time you put your mind to do a good work, opposition is going to rise up. Opposition is going to rise up. And last, I want to deal with how to defend our finished work. Once you finish the work, I want you to defend the work that you finish from someone or something to come and try to destroy what you Amen. Last week, we learned the origin of our breaches. Amen. And we learned that the origin of every breach is sin. From the beginning in the garden to today, sin produces sin. There's no other thing. Sin cannot produce anything else but sin. See, we said that sin causes damage. And watch this. Some of us, it wasn't our fault. And it wasn't even our sin. Somebody else sinned that affected us. But this is the issue. It's affecting us. And because it's affecting us, we have to restore it. Even if it wasn't our sin to begin with. Amen? You got that? We learn that there is a breach in our lives. And that breach is... It exposes us to a life that we were never intended to live. Breaches exposes us to a life that we were never intended to, to have. Watch this, church. If you are frustrated with where you are in life, watch this. Go back and identify how you got there. And I guarantee you that if you go back into your life and see where the breach first occurred, you're going to realize that it was sin. That caused the breach. Maybe not yours. But sin is the cause of all breaches. Amen. Breaches cause us we're intended to face. And breaches causes death in areas where God intended for us to have life in. Amen. Breaches cause death in relationships, cause death in hope, causes deaths in dreams that we've had. But we ended last week's message with some hope. Amen? We learned last week that when we repair the damage, Jesus, that when, I'm sorry, we learned that we repair the damage because Jesus was the one that justified us. He's forgiven us for what we have done already. In other words, he's already done the hard work. 
All we have to do is follow him. Amen. Not only that, but we learned last week that he's forgiven us. I mean, he's justified us. Not only that, he justified us. He's reconciled us back to God. In other words, Jesus Christ restored our relationship with an almighty God that we had lost. Amen. And because of that, we have access to grace. What is grace? Well, grace is the power of God. We have access to the power of God that now we can restore anything that we face because we have the power of God on our side. Amen. Now we're getting there. You can subtitle for the rest of my time. Make sure I, I end at 1230. Okay, how much time I have? 1233? You got to give me 10 more minutes. You got to give me 10 more minutes. Amen. You can subtitle this message, The Necessity of Restoration. Church, when I talk about the necessity of restoration, in other words, we need a sense of urgency to do it now. We need a sense of urgency. Listen, human nature is to work around things instead of dealing with them. Human nature is to work around issues and around things instead of dealing with them and facing them. Amen. And we have and we have to deal with the breaches. We have to deal with the gaps, the neglected places, the broken places and areas that we have repeated failure in them. The question that I have for you is this. Pastor Will, why now? Well, I'm glad you asked. Glad you asked. Why now? I'm going to give it to you in three points. Amen. Why now? Point number one. Because our present distress, because of our present distress, Nehemiah in, uh, in, in, cha in chapter 2, verse 17, he said, Then I said to them, You see the distress that we are in. Listen, distress always brings out breaches in your life. It brings out those areas that are vulnerable, those areas that are weak, you've never been with somebody and out of nowhere be like, whoa, where'd I come from? That was always in there. At some point, that was in there before it came out. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, right? The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Listen, sin is embedded inside, right? And then lust, when it's conceived, it brings forth sin. So it's not something that it just comes out. It was something that was in there. And lust, after a while, it kept conceiving. It kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where it just exploded. And now you can see it. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to help you. So I'm going to tell you the truth. Every time, whether you get mad at me today, it's okay. You'll love me tomorrow. Amen. Listen, the people in Jerusalem, the, the people in Jerusalem, they were ignoring their distress. In other words, the carpenter was doing carpentry. The shepherds was attending the sheep. The shoemakers was making shoes and the priest was in the temple. Not understanding. That, I mean, they understood that they was in distress, but they were still doing what they were living life like some of us. And oftentimes, we're doing stuff, but we're not addressing the distress that's around us. Amen? Listen, distress exposes what already exists. 
Distress exposes what already exists. That's why I said we got to have a sense of urgency to re to repair and rebuild those broken places. Watch this. We have to we, we have to do what I call a sustained urgency. My mother-in-law always tells me, "Well, you're always on the go. You're always on the go. You're always on the go," because I have a sustained urgency. You know what a sustained urgency is? Is this when something bad happens? Human nature creates an urgency that we have to do something. But what happens is when that situation comes down and begins to go away, the urgency goes with it. And we don't get the urgency again until another time of distress comes back. See, sustained urgency keeps you at an urgency state. No matter what comes your way, whether bad or good, you stay at that level of urgency of making sure that you're repairing those breaches, making sure that you're working in those areas that you need to work in. So when distress and adversity comes, you're there where you need to be. I have an urgency and you're not going to take it from me. We have to develop a sense of sustained urgency. Amen. Amen. Watch this. Why now? I'm glad you asked. Letter A. Because our breaches prolong adversity. Our breaches prolong adversity. Some of us have been going through hell for way too long. And the reason why we're going through what we're going through is because we have not dealt with the breaches that we need to deal with. And so it's prolonging what you are going through. My wife said earlier, you're going to face some challenges in life. You're going to go through some things in life. Those things are to teach you and you are to grow from them. When you go through something and you don't learn and you don't grow, guess what's going to happen? You're going to continue to go through it. And it's going to prolong what God intended for Israel for a few days to get into the promised land. They lasted 40 years. And a whole generation didn't get in. She was preaching my message. A whole generation did not get in because of their mindset and because of disobedience, because of complaining, and because they did not want to deal with the breaches and the broken areas in their lives. And something that literally should have taken a few days took 40 years. You never ask yourself, well, let me just bring it back to me. Because I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about somebody else. I've always told myself, is like, why do I keep going through the same stuff over and over and over again? And yet, I know that it's coming and I still don't learn. God is telling me, watch it, there's a ditch, don't step on it. I know, I've been there before, done this before, God, I know. Once I get to the ditch, fall right in the ditch. Why? See, I made it as a joke, but this is real life. Some of us have been going through the same issues over and over again, and every time you get there, you tell yourself, why am I going through this again? I know better. 
I know better. I know that if I go there, what's going to happen? I know if I get with this person, I know what's going to happen. I just know better. But some things is that we just continue to keep doing it over and over again. People of Israel. People of Israel. Amen. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Why now? Because our breaches produces unstruggle and strain. Because our breaches produce undue struggle and strain. When you have a breach, you just have to do extra work. When you don't deal with a breach, for some reason, you got to work harder. You have to work harder. If you don't study for a test and you fail, you have to retake a class. That's just extra work that you don't need to take. Amen? Moving on. I know it's going to be quiet, but it's okay. Why now? Let us see. Because our breaches are causing difficulty without reward. Our breaches are causing difficulty without reward. If you're going to go through a difficult time, you should have a reward at the end. See? Life is hard enough as it is. And we're putting ourselves in a harder position than what we need to be in. I'm going to move on. Why now, letter D, because our breaches are a heavy burden. You can just feel the weight that you're carrying in your life. That we was not. That's why we want to deal with it now. That's why we don't want to wait till tomorrow to next year. That's why I told you the best time to deal with a breach is right now. Right now. Don't wait because you've been waiting way too long. Because we don't want to carry something you're not supposed to be carrying any longer. See, when you're carrying a heavy burden, watch this. When you're carrying a heavy burden, you always need and you're always looking for help. What do I mean by that, Pastor Will? Now, I know at some point everyone needs help. I've needed help. But help is supposed to help. Help is not supposed to help you, and next week you're back in the same situation that you were last week, and you need help again. That means you haven't dealt with the breach. That means that I'm putting a Band-Aid on something that needs to be dealt with. Come on now. If you get help, it's supposed to help that situation. Let me move on. Why now? Letter E, because our breaches are causing me to make painful adjustments. See, my breach of not finishing school caused me to make painful adjustments. Just the way it is. If you don't deal with a breach later on, you're going to make painful adjustments until that breach is fixed. Amen? Why now? Letter F, I know there's a lot of letters, but letter F is because, because our breaches are creating other problems. Remember, I told you, sin produces sin. Right? Our breaches is creating other problems. Remember I told you about the leaking faucet? 
the faucet that's the problem. That's the breach. But it's going to create a problem in my cabinet, and then it's going to create a problem in my floor. And eventually, I'll have to replace the cabinet, and I'll have to replace the floor. And if it keeps going, it's, it's going to get into my garage. i got to replace that. And then it's going to get into everything else, and then it's going to travel. And by the time you know it, that little faucet leak has damaged the whole house. See? Got to fix the faucet. Got to fix the faucet. Now watch this. I've done this a million times. Driving my car. Oh, I don't know where my car gets hit. Boom. Insurance money comes. All right? Cuts me a check. Now I got the ability to say I'm going to get it fixed or I'm going to keep this money. 99% of the time, we're keeping the money. But watch this. Don't understand that that little bump is going to create rust and eventually it's going to get into the car and eventually it's going to create more problems in the car. So instead of taking care of the problem, you decided to take the insurance money and party with it. So what I'm saying is that deal with the problem now because later on it's going to cause something bigger. It's not going to go away. It's going to remain there, amen? You could ignore it all you want. Whew, praise the Lord. Letter G. Why now? Because our breaches are exposing us to unnecessary things. Many of us, our children, are put in a disadvantage because of our breaches. I want to say something about my mom. Last week I shared something, and I don't want people to think that my mom was a bad mother. My mom raised five kids by herself, four boys, one girl, and every one of her kids are doing well. So I just want to just let you know that I have a great mom, but my mom had breaches. And because of her breaches, it affected me. Wasn't that she did it intentionally? Or wasn't that she didn't love me? Because my mom loved every one of her children. And let me tell you something. She gave us a roof under our heads. She provided for us any way she can. My mom is one of the strongest ladies I've known in my life. But the reality is this. Somebody caused some breaches in my mother's life. And her breaches came down to me and her children. And some of those breaches came down to my children. And you see how it affects generation to generation to generation to generation? I remember one time telling my wife, we're going to get married. And we're going to stay married. That was a breach that was in my, gener in, in my family generation for years. I didn't create it, but it affected me. And me and my wife, I remember we drew a line in the living room. You remember that? We drew a line in the living room and we said, we're going to draw this line and this generational curse ends here. 20 years later, we're still married. Right? We're not bringing that generational curse or that breach into my children. 
We're going to show my children what it is to have a father and a mother in one household. Amen. And so I just want to let you know that breaches expose others to unnecessary things. Amen. Especially our children. I'm almost done. Probably telling yourself, can you show me some scripture? Absolutely. Go to Colossians. Let me show you something really quick. Go to the book of Colossians real quick. Let me show you something. And we're going to deal with our second point, which this is probably the only the only point, the last point I'm going to get across. Amen. Colossians chapter two. Why now? Because it's a good work. Restoring, repairing. That's a good work. I want you to know that the enemy does not want you to repair and restore what is broken in your life. He wants you to come into church. He wants you to keep living life broken. Because as long as you're broken, you can't be exactly what God has called you to be. You can't do exactly what God has called you to do. And guess what? God has called us to have life and have it more what? Abundantly. Right? Do we struggle? Yes, we're going to struggle. But we're always going to be above the struggle. Why? Because his grace is sufficient for us. And what is his grace? Is the power of God. And as long as the power of God is on my side, nothing, anything can stand against it. Because the Bible says greater is he that's inside of me than he that's coming against me. God is the man. Listen, he's the man. He hasn't lost a battle, not even lost a war. He sits at the right hand of the Father, and he's on your side. Colossians 2. Let me see what chapter I'm going to. Chapter 2. Watch this. Uh, sorry, verse 6. Colossians 2 verse 6 says this, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, watch this, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving. Verse 8 says this, beware lest anyone cheat you through, through philosophy and empty deceit. According to the, the to, through, through the tradition of man, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Look, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are what? Complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Listen to me. The Old Testament was dealing with rebuilding a wall. But the New Testament here is dealing with rebuilding a life. See, Colossians 2.6 is teaching us what we have to do in order to rebuild and restore our lives. Listen, why now? Because letter A, restoration is the will of God for your life. Restoration is the will of God for your life. His will for your life is to be rooted, to be built up. It's to be established in the faith. You know what it means to be rooted? I love that word. You know what it means to be rooted? 
It means to be grounded. It means that you are on a foundation that's unmovable. It means that when the storms of life comes your way, when things come your way and face your way, because you are rooted in the faith, nothing is going to separate you from the love of God. Nothing is going to take you out from where God wants to place you. Nothing is going to remove how God establishes you. See, rooted means that you've built your life on a foundation that's unmovable. That's Christ. So when it's talking about rooted, it's talking about root yourself. One of the hardest things to remove is a tree that's been rooted. You can cut it down, but eventually that tree is going to grow again. Right? So to be established, to be rooted is to be embedded into the, into the Lord, is to be established. The Bible says to be immovable in the things of God. Okay. Why now? Because Christ has done the heavy lifting. Christ has done. Christ has already died for your sins. Jesus has paid the penalty. Jesus has put us in a relationship back with God. He has restored our relationship. He has given us access to grace. And he sent us another comforter in the Holy Spirit. Why now? Because the work has already been identified. What do you need? You all, he already said to walk in him. All you have to do is walk in them. Meaning, what does that mean, walk in them? Walk in what you've been taught. Some of you guys have been taught how to walk in Christ. And life came. And you deviated. And went back to what the world teaches. And understanding this. That the world brings misery. It might look fun. It might look like you're having fun. It might look like you're in the club and woo-hoo, right? But the next day they wake up and it's the same misery that they went to sleep with. Just understanding I've been there. I know what it is. See, I, and I know now that I am free in Christ. And I am, and listen, I am fulfilled in everything that I desire in him. In him, I lack nothing. I want nothing. Christ has fulfilled me, has filled me up into a life that I love and desire to be with. I tell my wife all the time, I love coming home. There was a time in my life that I hated coming home. Because me and my wife will argue every day. Not hurtful, mine. Because the life I was living, she was not in agreement with. But you know what? The moment God came into my life and I began to repair these breaches in my life, I began to repair this and repair that and deal with this. And let me tell you, there were some things that was hard to deal with. And uh, us as, as, as people, we like, ah, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to wait for that later. No. Deal with it now. Because later means 10 years from now. And let me tell you something. You don't have any more time to give to the enemy. He's taking enough of your time. It's time for you to act now. 
and deal with it now. Well, it wasn't my fault. It was my mother. Well, it's, it, it, it was your mother, and you're right about that. Oh, it was my dad. It was my uncle. It was my friend. This and this and that. They hurt me. That You might be absolutely right, but the fact is that it's affecting you. And the only one that's going to deal with it is you. The only way that's going to change is if you step to it and you face it and you deal with it. Amen? Amen. Tell the person next to you he's talking the truth. All right. I can't go into my last point. I'm going to have to give you my last point tomorrow. Amen? My, uh, yeah, next week. But if you're watching and if you're here, make sure you write this down. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 11. That's what we're going to be dealing with uh, next week as we come and finish. Um, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 11. I almost said 2 Peter, but it's not five chapters in 2 Peter. <laughs> Amen. Hey, listen. Thank you for your time. Thank you for coming. Understanding that God wants to really do something in your life. Amen. He wants to restore all those broken areas. He wants to repair all those places of neglect, those gaps in your life that you've been, you've been just putting on a shelf. God wants to prepare you for what's coming next. Amen? 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 Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the message. I thank you, God, that you are real and that you care. You care about the smallest things in our lives and you want us to be at our full potential. I thank you for Come Connect Church, God, that you love, restore, and empower. Love for what you've called us to do, God. I pray for every individual here. I pray for everyone that's watching online. I pray right now, God, that you may strengthen them and give them the urgency to do it now. So don't wait till tomorrow. Start writing these things down, start going back and say, these are the things I got to deal with. These are the things I'm going to deal with and deal with them. There's only one way to do it, but to face them. And Father, I just thank you, God, that you've given us and equipped us to deal with these breaches. And it's called grace. Your grace is sufficient. Your power is embedded in us. And you sent us your, 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 our helper, which is the Holy Spirit. Let's pray right now, God, that we may leave today as conquerors and overcomers. We bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, everyone says amen and amen again. Thank you for your time.